prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. My name is Xander, and with me is Craig WK. And we are here on this day talking about video games. I don't know if you guys were ready for that or not, but uh, we're actually going to talk about old video games, specifically one. Um, we're taking uh, this podcast to strange new places. That's true. <laughs> uh, today, we decided to uh, talk about Star Wars Shadows of the Empire for the Nintendo 64. Yeah, uh, released uh, by LucasArts on December 3rd, 1996. This genre-defying game shows the adventure of Dash Rendar, a smuggler and mercenary in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a launch title for the Nintendo 64, was it not? No, close. Uh, Three months after it came out. It was uh, N64 was out in September, and then, uh, yeah, within three months it was uh, released. I got a Nintendo 64 for Christmas the year it came out, and I got two games with it, Super Mario 64 and Shadows of the Empire, and I'm pretty sure my brother is the reason why I got Shadows of the Empire. Uh, Your brother who's super into Star Wars? Yes. um, My brother who is the commanding officer for the Great Lakes Garrison of the 501st uh, Infantry. (laughs) You don't say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, my my Star Wars fandom was heavily shaped by him, and uh, I'm certain he had something to do with this. And I'm pretty sure he hooked up the system when I got it and put this game in and started playing it first. So, <laughs> pretty sure that's how Christmas went that day. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, indeed. Uh, yeah, so um, what do you want to tell us about Shadows of the Empire? Craig, what do you think about it? Well, uh, much like you, I had it for the the Christmas it came out. Uh, I uh, am lucky enough that I have a September birthday. And so when the Nintendo 64 came out in September, that was my present. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but for Christmas, I did get Shadows of the Empire. Uh, but I distinctly remember playing it. Uh, so I had a, a neighbor and childhood friend. Uh, they're kind of like friends of the family mm-hmm. uh, who lived across the street from me. And uh, uh, his oldest brother lived in the basement, uh, their basement. And there was plenty of times we'd go downstairs and like, you know, like play video games or, or, you know, whatever. And I distinctly remember, uh, them having shadows of the empire. I think they had only rented it though. And so I remember seeing like the, uh, Hoff battle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, before anything else. And I was like, I need this game. This is amazing. This game opens up with the, uh, the battle on Hoth, doesn't it? Where you're in the snow speeder? Yeah, I, I think I might make the argument that this game might have the best first level ever. Like, the 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 Hoth battle is done so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get into the rest of the game, of course, but, uh, uh, but at the very least, kudos to them for that first level, because, yeah, that was super awesome and exciting, and, you know, it's... There, there's just so much fun stuff you can do even when you're not just trying to get through the level now do you remember the shadows of the empire being a huge deal i kind of do yeah uh shadows of the empire was like a a project that lucas maybe not lucas himself but like lucas arts uh 
set up and we got like the N64 game, a PC game. Uh, there was a book, which I remember reading. Uh, there was a soundtrack that was kind of for the book, but also used in the PC version of the game, but not as much in the N64 version. Yeah, so uh, Shadows of the Empire was a huge multimedia project that was created by Lucasfilm to get everybody psyched up for uh, the movies coming back in theaters. Oh, uh, the special editions. Yeah, right. the special editions, because this, this came out in 1996, and in January of 1997 is when you started seeing on the 20, well, not necessarily the, the exact 20th anniversary, but the 20th anniversary of uh, A New Hope coming out. Uh, you had that in January, and then three weeks later was Empire, and then three weeks after that was uh, Return of the Jedi. So the whole first like two, three months of, uh, of 1997, you got Star Wars special editions back in theaters. Uh, but if you think about it, I mean, this was the first kind of big thing that, that Star Wars had done since 1985. When uh, at the end of the uh, Ewoks and droids cartoons and stuff like that, and there kind of had been not much to Star Wars. Like it's it's weird to think, but you know, there aside from a few novels that started. I think the novels started being released in like '94 or something like that. But there was like nothing from Star Wars, and so uh, there was a lot of hype around this because some of the books had explored things between. A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but never had there been anything that kind of bridged the gap between Empire and Jedi. So mm-hmm. this was uh, going to do that. And like I said, it, it was a something where, like you mentioned, there were video games, there were comic books, there was a, a novel, there was soundtracks, toys, statues. This was going to be a big deal. And I, and I remember because uh, my brother uh, worked at a uh, retailer at the time and uh, had first dibs on anything that came in. So he would, he would buy the Kenner toys as they, as the power of the forest started coming out. <laughs> and I remember like the out, what is it? The outlander or was it outrider outrider? Sorry. There's a TV show now that I get it mixed up with. Yeah. The outrider uh, ship came out. There was like a, a mini, uh, what do you call it? millennium Falcon, but like on its side with like a weird cockpit thing. Yeah, like it was were, like a modified uh, Corellian freighter, much like the millennium Falcon is. I yeah. think there was just so much cool stuff coming out. There was a weird Chewbacca where he had like a flat top and like cybernetic parts. It was just really weird. Like (laughs) Uh, like his bounty hunter costume or whatever. Also, do you know who uh, narrated the uh, commercial for the toy? I don't. For Shadows of the Empire? Mark Hamill himself. That would have been my guess. (laughs) Yeah, Mark Hamill did. And it's not necessarily a Luke Skywalker voice. It's kind of him doing Luke Skywalker as a narrator. It's real weird. Uh, absolutely YouTube it if you get the chance. Will do. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I remember having uh, uh, the, honestly, Star Wars toys were kind of the last kind of gasp of action figures I was buying before I kind of grew out of action figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, in I think it was sixth grade, I remember getting, you know, all the Shadows of the Empire stuff, having the Shizor toy. There was a two-pack with Darth Vader and Shizor. I think that's mm-hmm. how I got my Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there was, there was a lot of uh, uh, really cool stuff uh, that Shadows of the Empire was bringing to the table. Uh, and the game was just sort of like the, the you know, kind of the, the most exciting thing about it. Uh, though I will say... Uh, I did you ever read the book? I didn't. Uh, I enjoyed it. 
Uh, in hindsight, though, uh, it's kind of awkward what they do with Princess Leia. Like, oh, yeah? Shizor has, like, these, like, pheromones that make women fall in love with him. And, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. In hindsight, it's real, real weird. But even at the time, it was like, this is slightly uncomfortable, as I read it in sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I never read the book. Um, I never finished the game, to be quite honest with you. Really? <laughs> I remember uh, just like knowing about Shadows of the Empire, but not knowing what what, <laughs> what the story was. At a certain point in the game, like I just couldn't get past like because it wasn't unlimited continues, was it? Or am I just making uh, excuses for twelve year old me? It. it- it was not unlimited lives, but it was unlimited continues because you could, you know, there was saving. Like you, right. you could just go back to levels. Over oh and yeah. Over again. I think I just enjoyed the first few levels so much that I would just keep going back through those and never advance the storyline. And I know there was a way that you could unlock all the levels, and I would play a little bit of the later levels. It's like eh, these aren't as good as the first one, so I'm going to go back and play those over and over. Again. Yeah, I will say like the first level, uh, uh, the first probably like three levels to me were probably my favorite in the game as well. Uh, though, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. So the the vehicle sections of the game are really well done. Mm-hmm. They're very fun. They handle well. The controls are great. The you know the the graphics look good. But when the game switches to uh, you know third person adventure mode with Dash Rendar himself, it's a little it gets, clunky. Yeah, it's clunky nowadays. At the time, I don't remember it being so bad. But uh, yeah. uh, in more recent years, I went back to play Shadows of the Empire. Because, you know, so many people were, like, bad-mouthing it. They're like, oh, this game is trash. Like, why did we ever like it? And honestly, I still see the chart. Like, it's still fun. The controls mm-hmm. aren't that terrible. But you, it definitely has this weird, like, physics engine to it. Like, Dash Rendar is, like, real kind of floaty with his jumps. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to hit enemies. Like, it's it's easier just to kind of, like, shoot wildly and get close to enemies than it is trying to like snipe them from a distance. Yeah. You know, you have Han Solo who's kind of ducking behind things and shooting with precision. Dash Rendar just like stumbles in the room. is like, like shooting lasers everywhere and everything eventually dies. Perfect. Or you just free the Wampas and hide in the back. (laughs) Yes. The Wampas. So, uh, at the time, the original uh, in the original trilogy we didn't really ever see the wampas so it was genuinely exciting that this game was like hey guys look wampas yeah and for those who don't know wampas are like the abominable snowman yeah in the star you, wars universe if you recall the the beginning of empire strikes back the giant snow creature that knocks out luke and and takes him tries to eat him is a wampa and it's funny because like are Wampas mildly intelligent? Like, they, he hung up Luke Skywalker by his feet in ice. Yeah. They have to have some amount of sentience to them. And then Luke chopped off his arm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> we don't know what kind of intelligent life was on Hoth. Probably not uh, much. 
Well, not anymore after Luke chopped its arm off. Look, we don't know that that Wampa died. <laughs> That's fair, I guess. But, look, he had his arm on ice right away. Womp womp. Womp wampa. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the very first, or not the very first, because the very first level is you're uh, doing the ATAT battle and doing the tow cables and all that. Yeah. Um, but the second level, you're escaping from the Hoth base, uh, and there are three, right? Three captive Wampas? I believe so, yeah. And you can lead them to each other, and they'll knock the snot out of each other. <laughs> and then one of them will die, but the other one will keep chasing you. And then you can like slowly lead him past other stormtrooper, and he'll just like you can have the Wampa go through the rest of the level, knocking out the bad guys for you. Now, if you want to go above and beyond that too, there's always Wampa Stampa. There is Wampa Stampa, which was wow. a. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it was a password you could put in, and it was like a, a code that if you, I think if you held certain buttons or something, I don't remember entirely how it worked. You could take control of enemies. You can take control of, like, uh, snowtroopers, stormtroopers, the wampas uh, in the very first level while you're running, uh, flying around in your snowspeeder. You can take over ATSTs. It is easily one of the greatest codes in any video game ever. It is so much fun being able to play as anything. It's so good. Yeah, so you can play, uh, like you said, uh, ATST, a Wampa, a Snowtrooper, or Prince she- uh, Shizor's Armored Guards. Oh, right, the Armored Guards, too. I yeah, you have that. to, uh, let's see, it says press left on the control pad and right C at the exact same time, and then press up on the a, on a control pad, then press right C to scroll through the camera angles. The over-the-shoulder view of your snowspeeder should now be replaced by that of an ATST. So it's just kind of playing with the camera and flipping over to a different thing. Yeah, it's uh, uh, honestly, like, uh, back in the day, uh, uh, me and uh, my buddy Andy that I've mentioned on this show quite a few times. Uh, Who took on the moniker of Dash Rendar for a very long time, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> in uh, gaming and stuff, he, uh, 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 his gamer tag for quite a while was like Dash Rendar. Yeah, I remember, I think on Xbox, it was Dash Rendar Lives. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> He he really enjoys Dash Rendar, and he hates when I refer to him as a dime store hot solo. Hates it. Hates it. But I uh, I uh, we played this game a ton, and honestly, the 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 kind of the lifespan of us playing this game increased even more, and like kept going because of the Wampa Stampa code. Because we would just have so much fun taking over a Wampa, running around the base, killing every single enemy in sight. And then having the, the Wampas fight to the death so that they had, like, one one had, like, a sliver of health left. You'd walk up, shoot them once, and then you just go through the base with nothing in it. Yep. Uh, there was all the challenge points that you had to collect. Uh, there's there's quite a lot to the game, honestly. Yeah, 87 challenge points. Yeah, cool. like, I, I never got all the challenge points. Like I said, I never finished the game, so... <laughs> I played the first like four or five levels quite often, but that was uh, that was about it. Well, let's go through the the levels real fast here. Yeah. So we mentioned Battle of Hoth and escaping Echo Base. Uh, another one of my favorites is a turret level, the asteroid chase, mm-hmm. uh, where you're flying around escaping Hoth as a star destroyer launches a fleet of Tie Fighters against you. Uh, let's see. We also you're on had Ford Mantel chasing down IG eighty eight. 
Yeah, uh, which, uh, first off, IG-88 is uh, made of nightmares in this yes, game. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> it's so difficult. I... Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers for any who haven't seen it, but uh, uh, there is a, uh, I believe it's an IG robot in uh, uh, the new Star Wars series. Uh, yeah, I, IG-11, uh, the very first episode of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yes. Uh, sorry, Star Wars Bounty Hunter is a PlayStation 2 game. Yes, it is. <laughs> Django uh, Ben. <laughs> I was not that close. Anyway, I... Uh, but uh, yeah, in Mandalorian we have the uh, an IG eight uh, uh, IG IG eleven uh, droid IG eleven specifically, uh, I which is awesome. And uh, now I gotta looks- look that up because Star Wars nerds will harangue me for this. Oh, in case you got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, yes, IG eleven. Awesome. Yep. Yes. Oh, so cool. Love them. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, uh, another yeah, interesting... if, for those who have seen that first episode of the Mandalorian, imagine fighting that in an old video game. Yeah, basically. Wow. <laughs> He's so scary. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that, uh, I want to bring up to you, and this is maybe a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, uh, off topic or whatever, but in Star Wars, the force awakens mm-hmm. the desert planet Jakku. I feel like they got a little bit of inspiration from Ord Mantell. In Anjaku, we see the remnants of, of all these like other things in the Star Wars universe, like Star Destroyers and stuff like that. And in Ord Mantell, we see that as we go riding around on this junkyard planet. Dune, uh, what is it, the, the Jawa Sandcrawlers mm-hmm. uh, that are broken down. We see Star Destroyer pieces. Uh, I feel, and I could be crazy, but I feel like they got some inspiration from this, unless this came from something else. Entirely possible. I don't. I don't know for certain. I mean, I'm sure there's. There are uh, just a bajillion Star Wars uh, expanded universe novels and stuff like that that I'm sure it was that imagery was put somewhere. Mm-hmm. So who knows if it was if they got it specifically from this or or what? But not a bad pull. It's it's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, uh, you travel to Gal Spaceport, where you fight uh, Boba Fett, who's a cheater, and I hate him. Now, do you do that? Bef- don't you do that after um, going to Mos Eisley to rescue Luke from the swoop bike attack? Uh, I feel like Gal Spaceport was before Mos Eisley. I could be crazy, but I thought it was. Maybe. I, uh, but I. Despite the order, uh, on Gaul Spaceport, you have to fight Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And uh, after you beat his uh, behind uh, while he's just riding around on his uh, jetpack, he jumps, he jumps into, into the Slave, slave one. 1. What a jerk. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, after that, you, yeah, uh, or before that, you go to Mos Eisley. And uh, the genre switches again. It's a speeder bike level. Yep. It's like a racing game. Mm-hmm. Mixed with- you have to like take out the other swoop bikes, don't you? Yeah, like Road Rash. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the gimmick is that you have to get to Luke before the gang does uh, and also murder them because somehow Luke Skywalker, Jedi extraordinaire, is going to lose to a bunch of thugs on bikes. But anyhow. Never know. <laughs> Fair. I... Uh, yeah, so you go through Mos Eisley, Beggar's Canyon, uh, and then after that you go to the uh, Imperial Freighter 
Supraza, which is another level I really enjoyed. That's Did you ever that play I played, that one? I played, a, I played a little bit of each level. Okay. But I don't remember a ton. I remember the the very first part, because that's in part four of the game, Yeah, I believe. Um, I played a little bit of that, but never anything where it was... I got. I, I never felt like I got too far or nothing to remember. I just remember being in like a, a Death Star type thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty cliche space-based kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of fun. Uh, I like that level. Uh, after that, uh, I think at that level, you have to get the Death Star 2 plans. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then after that, you uh, need to help rescue, uh, I think it's Leia. Mm-hmm. And so you go through the sewers of the Imperial City, which is kind of neat because, uh, you know, the city, or the planet of Coruscant is basically just this giant planet that's a big, big city, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you know, kind of impossible when you think about an entire planet that's a city but well whatever uh but you're going through its disgusting sewers which is kind of an interesting take on that setting mm-hmm. uh and then you go through Shizor's palace uh and then after that the final level skyhook which is a knockoff of a death star battle mm-hmm. uh but man it's real fun flying through to the center of the uh, space station and blowing it up like a death star yeah, they've got a pretty uh, one-track idea of the whole how a Star Wars thing should end, of flying through something, flying through the middle of it, and then blowing it up. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how most Star Wars go, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say a majority of Star Wars are uh, fly through big something, blow up its center, run away. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, yeah, huh. go figure. But I... Uh, yeah, aside from that, the only other kind of interesting thing is uh, uh, th- at the end, we don't know whether Dash Rendar lives or dies. I feel I mean, we like do there's... with the hard ending. Yeah. So, yeah, in the easier modes, easy and medium or whatever, uh, it looks like Dash Rendar dies. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, he's dead, and that's just the end, and it's kind of a sad ending. If you beat the final uh, boss or the final battle – on the hardest difficulty, uh, you find out that Dash Rendar made the jump to light speed at the last possible second in order to throw people off so that he could kind of just retire and wouldn't have to worry about being bothered by the Empire. Mm-hmm. Him and, uh, oh, what was his robot named? Lebo? I honestly don't remember. I think it's Lebo. Uh, but yeah, I, I, and that's uh, uh, Shadows of the Empire. Uh, uh, it's honestly like, despite the the clunky controls in some of the levels, it's fun. I I think it's probably one of the better Star Wars games out there. I'm trying to look up the uh, the fate of uh, Dash Rendar, and the only thing I see is that he was in a. Let's see. Additionally, Rendar appears in the movie tie-in book Solo, a Star Wars story. So there was a book based on the, the the solo movie that came out and apparently Dash Rendar shows up there. Oh, that's kind of cool. Shadows of the Empire as a whole kind of got decanonized when Disney took over. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, well, in some cases, like there's some weird stuff they did with, you know, Leia and Shizor that's uncomfortable. Uh, but all in all, the adventure itself is kind of fun, uh, yeah. especially the game. Uh, though it's weird that Dash Rendar is kind of not canon. But 
he is in uh, uh, A New Hope. Yeah. Depending uh, on which version of the movie you watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it? The special edition version, which is probably to kind of drum up some hype for Shadows of the Empire. They throw the Outrider in Mos Eisley. Yep. It, takes, it uh, yeah. is shown taking off as soon as they get to Mos Eisley. Yeah. So. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, you know, you, you can make the argument that he's very way too similar to like Han Solo, but I feel like that's kind of Lando, right? Like he's also very similar to Han Solo. Don't you bad mouth to Lando? <laughs> I'm not bad mouthing him. I'm just saying that it's a one of his previous smuggler gambler friends, and I, uh, you know, it, that I feel like that just sort of fits Han Solo that he has this menagerie of kind of ne'er do wells with hearts of gold that he sort of kind of befriended along his, his, the journey of life, so to speak. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't, I definitely don't hate on Dash Rendar. I think that, uh, I, if Disney is looking for uh, a, a cheap way to get the, the fans of the expanded universe excited, make a Dash Rendar series on Disney plus. Yeah. I mean, it's I'd- basically just, what do we want Han Solo to do, but we can't make him do because he's currently trapped in carbonite. Right. Or currently fighting the empire. Oh, it's Dash Rendar. It's Tim to the rescue. Instead of a Wookiee, he is a robot. Yeah. But if they're going to make a, if they're going to make a series on Disney plus about a smuggler, I'd rather them have the adventures of Lando and Chewie. I do feel like uh, uh, getting uh, oh uh, who is uh, uh, Lando in the solo movie D- uh, uh, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover yeah I feel like uh, getting Donald Glover to do a uh, Lando series would be pretty sweet yeah it would that was easily one of the best parts about the solo movie yeah I uh, I think that uh, uh, that that would be pretty fun I don't know I I think that you know for for somebody who's a you know working on writing a series and stuff lando has a lot of pre-built stuff to him already and we kind of know what his fate is going to be dash rendar is technically not canon right now i feel like he's just way easier to do because you can do whatever you want yeah but i but yeah all in all i i i think this is i don't know if this is objectively the best star wars game by any means but it's certainly my favorite that's fair. I don't know what my favorite Star Wars game would be. Maybe I mean, the, I think I think objectively the best is probably Knights of the uh, Knights of the Republic. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic is probably objectively the best. I think. I um, uh, I will say though, uh, Old Republic, the MMO, I really enjoyed too. Yeah, I only yeah. played up to the first expansion and never went beyond that. But uh, but that was a lot of fun. The uh, Force Unleashed games were good. Although a little edgelordy, but... <laughs> yeah, the edgelordiness kind of steered me away a bit. Oh, there's also Battlefront 1 and 2. Yeah, those weren't bad. Those were uh, fun. The, the newer Battlefront 1 and 2 look gorgeous, but they suck. Yeah, <laughs> they're not, really They're do. not good. There's, there's something that if you're a Star Wars fan, you feel like you need to experience just because it looks beautiful, but the games are hot garbage. Yeah, um, I, Jedi Fallen Order, I played a little bit of. I've still not finished, but I enjoyed what I've played of that. I've heard pretty good things about Fallen Order. Uh, there's also, I mean, they're, uh, they're hard to recommend because they're so difficult, but they're kind of fun, the Super Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we're both overlooking something that needs to be a future episode, which is Yoda stories. Uh, yes, 
Yoda stories. The one Chops wants to be on. <laughs> uh, you uh, you want to talk about some music? Or? Yeah, let's uh, take a uh, uh, brief break. And uh, when we get back, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! So the music in this game was arguably composed by John Sander. Williams. Sander. What? You're, you're, you, I have a giant setup and you don't even let me do it? Yes. The Nuts music to you. The, oh. <laughs> Nuts to you. This composer, which we know is John Williams, so the surprise is gone, won 25 Grammys, seven British Academy Film Awards, five Academy Awards, four Golden Globes, and with 52 Academy Award nominations, only Walt Disney himself has been nominated more. This is arguably the greatest video game composition that has ever made if you're looking at awards only. When you're listing off his, uh, his accomplishments, you left off one. What's that? He's the father of the lead singer of Toto. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, Seriously. Like, uh, I think it's from the, four, it's the, either the third or fourth album on uh, is John Williams' son. He's the lead That's singer. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, oh, also, uh, uh, for my controversial opinion that this game has the greatest video game soundtrack of all time, uh, in 2005, the American Film Institute selected 1977 Star Wars as the greatest film score of, of all time. I... Uh, and yeah, I, I I think it's cheating, but I think that you could argue that this game has the best soundtrack to a video game ever because of John Williams. I mean, you could say that about most Star Wars games at that point. Yeah, yeah, most Star Wars games use the star uh, the the soundtrack to Star Wars itself. That is very true. Uh, but uh, what's kind of weird is much like you mentioned earlier, Joel uh, Joel McNeely did a soundtrack for this and then LucasArts uh, essentially was able to convince Nintendo to increase the cart size of uh, Shadows of the Empire from 8 megabytes to 12 uh, and essentially that allowed them to use a digitized orchestra uh, orchestral version of the soundtrack which is why uh, this game might have one of the best soundtracks on the N64 because it's not MIDI yeah. it's not you know it, it's it's gorgeous you know it's uh uh it's the soundtrack to star wars essentially with a few other little themes here and there i think maybe the cut scenes occasionally use mcneely's uh version in the title theme like you said mm-hmm. uh so well i i don't necessarily think this is the best you know video game <laughs> soundtrack of all time uh john williams is kind of just amazing yeah you're not wrong uh, and I, I need to amend my earlier statement. Joseph Williams, which is John Williams' son, uh, was the lead vocalist for Toto in uh, 1986 to 1988, then went on hiatus for a while and came back in 2010. Oh, okay. So so he was for a little bit and then came back. Yeah. 
Interesting. And the, in their most recent iterations, he has been the uh, the lead vocalist. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Bobby Kimball, I believe, was uh, the singer for the first few albums. Uh, and then, like, I don't know what the story is as far as uh, why he left. I think it's uh, drugs or something. I just, mm. I remember I got a brief rundown of all this from one of my audio teachers because he's a huge, huge Toto fan. And he's always, yeah, it's Joseph Williams. Does that name ring, ring a bell? I was like, no. It's just John Williams' son. I was like, holy crap, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so fun little bit. Of, we're talking about Star Wars right now. Oh, right, right, that. <laughs> yes. So uh, I uh, I picked out a couple songs that stuck out. And what's funny is uh, we, we've got three songs today. And I think only one of them, uh, yeah, only one of them is from the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack. Like for uh, composed by Joel McNeely. Everything else is just Star Wars put into this game. Yeah. But uh, the first track that we're going to listen to is by Joel McNeely, Shadows of the Empire. It's the, uh, the title theme song. pretty good job of sounding similar to the works of john williams yeah it's certainly not exactly the same uh but i will say i really enjoy that theme and that definitely gives me a lot of nostalgia the the theme to the title you know yeah that like harp that like at, at the very beginning just i'm like oh this shows the empire <laughs> yeah exactly Especially, yeah, when it starts getting into it, it's like, da, 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 da. it's like, oh, yeah, that's the title theme just sitting there as Andy and I argued over which of us was playing next. Mm-hmm. Um, the next song we ch- that we picked uh, is technically, I mean, in, in, in regards to the game soundtrack, it's the Rebel Bass. I think the actual song title from the Star Wars soundtrack is Rebels at Bay, but uh, this is composed by John Williams.
a lot of the songs that are in this game, I then had after playing, I had more of an ear in the actual movies. And this one always kind of sticks out to me now when I watch Star Wars. Yeah, I it's funny because uh, when I think of this theme, I think of Escaping Echo Base in Shadows of the Empire. I don't necessarily think of the movie like I should. Yeah. Uh, and I there like that song I I just think of like the the probe droid like language going over it at certain points like never escape my friend, never yep. escape my friend. <laughs> yep. Just all that stuff just always comes right into my head. Oh, uh, as a quick side note, you know how you sometimes uh, over the years have heard certain things in video games, like, you know, in songs or whatever? For me, the probe droids are perpetually repeating, you'll never escape the feds. (laughs) Never escape the feds. You'll never (laughs) escape the (laughs) feds. I don't know why, but that's always, every time I hear the probe droids, that is what I think of. Fair enough. You're running from the law, or the, I guess the failed running from the law, since you'll never escape. That's true. Uh, the last song we have for you is uh, one you chose, which is Asteroid Field, uh, which plays in the asteroid field when you're flying around in the ship. want to watch empire strikes back now (laughs) right (laughs) now this theme i i rather enjoy the asteroid level but i definitely think more about shadows or uh empire strikes back than i do shadows of the empire yeah i love that theme we're uh we just uh we just passed the 40th anniversary of uh empire strikes back and the 43rd anniversary of a new hope I think just the other day it was like it's the anniversary of it being released, May twenty fifth. That long, huh? Yeah, that's depressing. Yeah, my brother was born in, in seventy seven, same year as as Star Wars came out. So I always, whenever <laughs> people say Star Wars is this years old, this many years old, it's like <laughs> Eric is this many years old. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, take that, Eric. Yeah. So I always just uh, just whenever I'm trying to remember how old he is, I think what's Star Wars? Okay, yeah. <laughs> And he's, it's off by like three months, but... Ah, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Yeah, he, he doesn't know. But He'll get over it. He'll listen to this and tell me something, I'm sure. <laughs> that's That sounds like your brother. Yeah. Telling you things. Telling me all the things. 
Anything else on uh, what? of the Empire before we uh, we wrap this up? No, I I uh, uh, I mean for for anyone who who grew up playing this game, you likely have some pretty strong feelings about it because it was such a big hit. Uh, it sold really well. It was like one of the biggest games slash toys to get uh, for that Christmas for the year. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you know as far as that goes, for for those people, I'm sure you know you either have very fond memories or you've gone back to play it and the controls weren't what you remembered. But honestly, I, I think that if, you, if you've never experienced the game, it's definitely worth playing around with. Go back and at the very least play the first few levels. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into Retro Relapse, shall we? Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. In 1994, Hulk Hogan beats Ric Flair to win the WCW World Wrestling Championship. Seal gives the world kiss from a rose. O.J. Simpson pleads 100% not guilty. And secret agent Harry Tasker has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads into the United States. Just kidding. Retro relapse. We got you. We tricked you so good. So for retro relapse today, uh, I told Craig, why don't you just pick a random SNES game? And he sure did. True lies for the SNES. Yeah, it's, uh, it has every right to be one of the worst games on the Super Nintendo, uh, published by LJN. Uh, it's a movie tie-in game. Like, this this game, sh- by all rights, should be, like, the worst. But is it the worst? Uh, how Does this something... So let me back up. Is this, like, a fond memory for you back in the day? No, this is a game that I uh, uh, only kind of found out about more recently. And uh, I, it's certainly not my favorite game by any stretch. Uh, but I didn't think it was bad. I thought it would be uh, something fun for you to try out. Yeah, I I just assumed maybe you had picked it at the drop of a hat, and then we were like, it's not the worst. Like, does, does Craig secretly love True Lies? <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> Never. It's, uh, so I played it for uh, 15 minutes or so before we started recording, and uh, I had to look up an FAQ. Otherwise, I would have just said this game is garbage uh, because you need a key card to get into one of the rooms at the beginning. I couldn't find it. Oh, no. I seriously played for like 10 minutes looking for this freaking key card. And I was like, all right, I, I have to do something. So I like started killing dudes. Like they tell you to keep a low profile, but you're Arnold Schwarzenegger holding a gun up next to your head the whole time. I don't know how that's <laughs> not low profile. And there are other people walking through with machine guns at their side. But none of them shoot you on the first floor. But as soon as you get up to that second floor, they start shooting. Um, yeah, so once I finally found out how to get the uh, the key card, then I was like, okay, this makes sense. I know where I, where I can go now. And, uh, and then it wasn't it wasn't so bad. I only I finished the second level, and then I was like, all right, I got to record. This has got to be enough for now. But yeah. uh, the controls were a little – I mean, they were solid until I tried to stop and shoot something, and then I felt like I was always aiming off <laughs> a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't awful. Yeah, it's uh, like a top down uh, like 
top-down run-and-gun almost. Uh, almost similar in perspective to like something like Smash TV, but uh, you know, not not certainly not the same type of controls or anything. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. You you kind of I've never seen the movie, so I can only presume. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but you follow it seemingly the events of the movie and uh, uh, do different missions and stuff. And yeah, it's uh, uh, it's not half bad. Yeah, and uh, Tom Arnold tells you what to do in the game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, so how uh, how do you, how do you think that you rate uh, uh, True Lies there, uh, uh, Xander? Uh, I'd probably give it probably a three. Like I didn't love it. Um, I definitely see that there could be probably more fun if you, if you kind of give it more time. But, uh, I looked into the, the menus to find out what the controls were. I thought I had a pretty good grasp. Um, but like the key card identify, like the key card on the stage doesn't look that much different than ammunition, which you don't really need in the first level. So like I said, it took me a long time to find that. So I think mm-hmm. without anything other than like, you need to find this and like keep a low profile and like, am I supposed to shoot these guys or not? Like, I think it's a little confusing there, but uh, yeah, as the graphics weren't, weren't bad. The music kind of wore its way into my head after a while. It was kind of like humming along with it. Uh, so yeah, I'll give it a three, but just a little under midway. I'd, I'd probably give it like a four and a half out of uh, eight. Uh, I, I feel like it's a bit of a above average game, especially considering just how many games are on like the Super Nintendo. Uh, I think this is also for Sega as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a half bad game. I think it's uh, worth looking into. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was so bad. Um, I'm curious to see if uh, I don't remember if Last Action Podcast did an episode on this or not. But. Oh, you know, I uh, I'm not sure. I uh, I feel like if they haven't, uh, maybe that's a potential uh, crossover at some point, right? I don't know. Could you do a full episode on the True Lies game uh, with the uh, uh, entire uh, uh, Last Action Podcast team trying to muck everything up? Yeah, I could. Yeah, we might be able to pull that off. Yeah, I think I think we could definitely pull that off. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if uh, uh, they have or not. Well, we've wrote an intro for them, so <laughs> yeah, we really did. <laughs> uh, I just uh, did a search on the uh, site, and uh, I'm not seeing any true lies. Well, maybe they're all false facts. What? You know, true true lies, false facts. What? False facts. What? <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Please. What? Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about our uh, our stage theme bracket, excluding Mega Man. I hope that we get a lot of diversity in today's matchup, Xander. You sure won't, and you'll get a a dirty loophole, just like all the others. <laughs> the filthiest loophole. But we all voted on it, so I guess we can't be too upset. Yeah. Uh, Today we have uh, Koji Kondo going up against Koji Kondo. Wonderful. Uh, up first we have the overworld theme from Super Mario World, uh, which is one of my favorites, but uh, let's give it a quick listen. Uh-huh. 
phenomenal stage theme. It's fun. It's bouncy. Koji Kondo definitely outdid himself with, with that theme. It is just so fun. Mm-hmm. Now, the Dirty Rotten Loophole uh, is another Koji Kondo song. It's Gerudo Valley, which we said probably really wasn't a stage. And then Chops gave us a fighting game that it was in. Smash Brothers Brawl. Yeah. So... Smash Brothers Brawl had a lot of different people working on the arrangements for the games, so I, I, I can't say who specifically arranged this one, but it is a Koji Kondo song. Uh, so here is Gerudo Valley from Smash Brothers Brawl. for that to pick up and do something more and it really doesn't with the brawl version yeah it's it's pretty simplified you know it's just there to to kind of be a little bit fast-paced and exciting i uh, i will say the the gerudo valley theme in general is a beautiful piece of music that, oh, absolutely. Like, kind of flamenco thing going on you know mm-hmm. uh it's great uh the brawl arrangement is fine it's it sounds good it's just you know uh at, I have a bad taste in my mouth because it feels like our friend is a cheater. We're not going to say who it was, even though we kind of did, but they're a cheater <laughs> and I hate them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, a lot of enemies in this episode, making fun of last action podcast, making fun of whoever submitted that song. <laughs> so Xander, uh, for our fans uh, who, who want to go ahead and uh, vote, uh, there's actually quite a few different ways to be able to vote. Not only on the Legend of Retro Facebook page and our Twitter account, uh, we also uh, have on our Discord, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com, yeah, there's a link there. You can join our Discord. We have the weekly vote there as well. And there's a fourth way you can vote. If you go to Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, if you are a member of our Patreon uh, for as little as $1 a month, you're able to get an extra vote there as well on top of a bunch of bonus features like State of the Zilla, the monthly show. And then for $5 a month, uh, our fans uh, get a monthly show from the Legend of Retro as well as our other uh, podcasts on the network. Now, today uh, we are releasing another episode of the Game Shark Show, which is our Legend of Retro bonus episode where uh, you and I take a look back on the very first bracket and we decide that we didn't, we didn't care for that outcome and we redo it ourselves. Indeed we do. The way it should have been. Yep. Uh, Except for where we disagreed and uh, uh, I should have been the one who was right. Yes. We left it up to a dice roll. So if you want to hear me and Craig being bummed out that we couldn't play D and D and instead record an episode, uh, then go uh, go give us $5 and you can listen to it. 
Indeed. And uh, uh, the, the beautiful thing is that it's not just this month's episode you have access right. to. It's every episode we've done. Uh, and so, you know, if you even just kind of want a sample of what we've been doing, you know, $5, you can always change it later if you have to, but uh, that gives you access to all the previous episodes. And so you can always check out, uh, uh, honestly, there's really nothing, certainly for our show, that's, you know, time sensitive. Right. You know, so like all those old episodes of Game Shark are fun, whether it's us rating, you know, certain companies' video games, giving our favorite, you know, from a particular series. Uh, yeah, the, tons and tons of stuff. So by all means, make sure to check that out. And it supports us, which uh, lets us bring you more content, which is awesome. Sure does. Well, Craig, any uh, any parting thoughts on any of the topics we covered today? True Lies, Shadows of the Empire, John Williams. What? Condo. <laughs> the worst. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, thank you to all our patrons for supporting us. And uh, check us back next week, and we'll have another wonderful episode for you. And until then, we'll catch you next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.